Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias at work through conversation. I'm Annie Rogaski. For those who have been listening regularly, you know that I've switched up my format to be a three-part format. This episode will depart a bit from that because I decided that I wanted to focus this episode on voting. If you are listening as these episodes come out, you know that the 2018 midterm election is in a couple days. And so I wanted to reflect a bit on voting in America and share some perspectives on that right and privilege. As I reflected on this, it took me back many, many years. It took me back to when I was an eight-year-old girl and I wanted to be the first female president of the United States. This is a bit of a strange aspiration for someone who really had no interest whatsoever in politics. I think it was really just about being first, about being number one, perhaps the result of both nature and nurture towards competition. I find it somewhat sad that at age eight, I was aware that there were no female presidents. It was also somewhat sad that I believed I would be the first one when I knew that wouldn't happen for decades. So apparently I was a pretty pessimistic child. My career aspirations thankfully changed along the way, yet 40 years later, I still haven't seen a female become president. Worse, what we got in 2016, I believe, set us back far more than I could have imagined from a gender equality standpoint. This year in particular has demonstrated in high relief how little women's voices are heard, are believed, are acted on. There are complex and many issues at play, but the net result of those issues is that women are negatively affected. In our professions, We have not made all that much progress. There has been a male overreaction to Me Too that has resulted in less mentoring and fewer opportunities. In our communities, it's become less safe for women as men take out their anger over perceived lessened privilege on women. And I could go on. But this is a podcast about getting to gender equality And I don't typically delve into politics. I don't really plan to in this episode. But it occurred to me that I wouldn't even be able to do this podcast were it not for the work that came before me for the changes in our society that were accomplished by women. In particular, the women suffragists who gave us the right to vote. Because without the right to vote, we would have been unlikely to get women into office. There would have been no chance that our voices would be heard. And it would have been ever so much harder to push for equality. So I wanted to recognize that privilege in history in this episode and and encourage you to vote to advance equality of all forms, including gender equality. So I'm sure you all are aware of this, but the United States gave women equal voting rights in all states with the 19th Amendment, which was ratified in 1920. It reads, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. And just to put this right to vote in context, Heidi Williamson in 2013 wrote, prior to winning suffrage, state laws prohibited women from owning and inheriting property, signing contracts, serving on juries, and voting in elections. 
Job opportunities for the women who had to work outside the home were limited to the service industry and wages were menial. Women were encouraged to marry as a way of ensuring economic security. Childbearing was considered a, a duty of the marriage contract. In 1948, however, suffragists at the Seneca Falls Convention, the first women, women's rights convention to be held in the United States, asserted women's rights to be free from coercive marriage and motherhood in order to have societal value, income, and political power. Moreover, women saw their full integration into society as a way of making the nation better. So that was Heidi Williamson reflecting on the impact of the 19th Amendment on reproductive health and rights. And while it is important to recognize the work that went into getting the 19th Amendment ratified, it's also important to recognize that not all women got the right to vote in 1920. The African-American women's suffrage movement continued on. It's noted on Wikipedia that as the women's suffrage movement gained popularity through the 19th century, African-American women were increasingly marginalized. They dealt with not only the sexism of being withheld the vote, but also the racism of white suffragists. The struggle for the vote did not end with the ratification of the 19th Amendment. In some southern states, African-American women were unable to freely exercise their right to vote up until the 1960s. But these difficulties did not deter African-American women in their effort to secure the vote. We still today see the efforts that are undertaken to frustrate the African-American vote. And yet we also see the significant impact that African-American voters have on our country. As I look back on this history, I wonder if the different women's suffrage movements and the reasons behind them inform some of the differences we see in voting today. For example, a much larger percentage of white women voted for Donald Trump than African-American women. Does that difference have its roots in white women protecting the privilege they accessed first? Or does it stem from them depending on their husbands for their economic success? It's frankly hard for me to understand any women voting for someone like Donald Trump with the history that he has. But we saw a similar movement with the Kavanaugh uh, confirmation hearing, where we saw how he viewed and treated women, and there was a very different opinion among privileged white women versus other women as they observed that hearing and the arguments made and the reactions made in it. Despite this, we've seen the strength and consistency of the Black female vote to support policies that result in more equality, whether gender, racial, or other equality. In 2017, Eugene Scott wrote, according to exit polls, more than 90% of Black women voted for Clinton. It continues the trend that few demographic groups are as faithful to the Democratic Party as African American women. Now, I don't fully understand the reasons behind the difference that we see in the voting populations among white women and African-American women, but I think it's worth some introspection among women generally about why they are placing the votes that they place. Is it advancing their well-being in the country? Is it advancing the equality 
of our society across demographics. In 1992, we experienced what was called the Year of the Woman. And that year bore some resemblance to 2018. 1992 followed the Anita Hill accusations against Clarence Thomas and the uh, testimony that happened in his Supreme Court confirmation hearing. We heard sexual harassment stories and awareness and backlash, resulting in many more women running for and winning office in 1992. And today, in 2018, it, it, it feels like we are replaying this again, that we are right back in 1992, fighting the same fights, but this time with more hate and vitriol expressed much more publicly than I can remember in 1992. I can't help but think that things would be better if we had representatives and judges who better represented the demographics of our country as a whole. And we can do that only if we vote. So whatever your politics, I encourage you to exercise your vote. That vote that suffragists mightily suffered for to make our country a better reflection of our values and humanity. Vote your conscience, vote your beliefs, vote for a better world than we have today, but please vote. This weekend I had the privilege of spending time with a group of amazing women in the high power community. I asked some of them to share why voting is important to them. We were in a conference site, so there's a little background noise, but I wanted to close out this episode with their voices. Because they're diverse, they focus on different things, they remind us of not only the power of our vote, but the privilege that we have to vote. And that is what gives me hope this week. Here they are. I'm Jessica Shore. I'm general counsel at a software company in Denver. And voting is important to me for a number of reasons, but primarily because I believe you can't complain if you don't vote. Do something about it, right? Particularly in our era right now with social media and Facebook and Twitter, it's so easy to voice your complaints and your discontent without actually doing anything about it. And voting is your avenue to do that. You have the ability to impact change through your vote. And right now we see the elections being so close, regardless of which side you're on, vote actually counts. It's not, it's not one of those situations anymore, if it was ever, where it doesn't matter whether or not you get out there and do it. Um, so I think don't complain if you don't vote. And I also think, so much is changing constantly, right? As maybe this is the legal perspective of mine, but you see regulations being made and you see people being put on courts and justices and Supreme Courts and whatever else. And your vote counts as to how policy is impacted. Um, and I would say lastly, as being newly pregnant, I think I've always felt this way regardless of whether or not we had children, but you're setting things for future generations. So don't just sit back and think it doesn't matter to me. Think about how it matters to everybody else going forward. That's why it's important to me. Hi there. Uh, my name is Maura, and I'm from Ireland originally, and I've lived in a lot of different countries. And uh, for me, voting is very important because as an immigrant, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to influence policy that might directly impact your life. So I think that everyone should vote.
So my name is Julia Wilson. I'm the CEO of One Justice, and we work to bring life-changing legal help to Californians in need. I think that voting is important because as a lawyer, I see the power that the legal system and laws and policies have over all of our lives. And voting is the way that all of us, and particularly women, are heard in that process of creating those laws and policies. So if we don't vote, we don't get represented, and the laws and policies don't reflect our needs. Hi, I'm Shiva Ronan. I do executive coaching and leadership development. Uh, I just became a citizen of the U.S. two weeks ago and managed to register to vote uh, on time. And I'm very excited to vote. And voting is important because it is an ability to make an impact on how the environment is run, where you, where you are, where you raise your kids, where you work. I want the place that I live in to be run by good people with good intentions. So I'm definitely going to vote this uh, this week. Hi, I'm Micheline Casey. I'm Global Head of Data for Forward Smart Mobility. Um, I'm really excited that yesterday I got my ballot in the mail before I came here to, to the conference. Um, it's increasingly obvious that women need to be um, heard and seen as political as a political force in this country. Um, we're the ones who are going to take care of ourselves. Um, we have to be our own best advocates for what's important to us. And voting is one of the most important mechanisms we have um, to allow our voices to be heard within our communities, within our states, and within our country. And for those reasons, I think it's just critically important for all of us. Um, and I'm really trying to teach my stepchildren this, um, that civic engagement is one of our most important um, privileges that we have as, as a citizen in this country. And it's hard sometimes. It took me about nine hours to research everything I needed to research on the very extensive ballot in California. But it's really time worth spending. This is where I live, and I need to be um, informed about what's going on here. We're going to have um, a strong community here. My name is Norman Goddard. I am a director of product management in a fintech company here in the Silicon Valley. And voting is very important to me. I identify as a citizen of actually two countries, the US and France. And um, I, I reconsider that part of my identity is being a citizen. I care for the fate of my two countries, the people who live in it, and for the future of the planet. And I think we have an opportunity to influence this uh, the future of the planet and of humanity. So voting gives you this this power, and I want to use it, and I think we should all use it. Um, and also what's very important to me is that people in the past didn't have the right to vote, and especially women for decades, if not centuries, <laughs> didn't have the right to vote. So as a woman... Um, I, I really think it's important uh, to vote and also to honor everyone who fought who have um, those rights. Uh, last thing is, I am a recent, quite recent citizen of the U.S. and I actually became a citizen of the U.S. to be able to vote. So definitely I'm going to go to vote and actually I'm going to vote tomorrow, Sunday, November 4th.
My name is Delita Costin, and I am the creator of Sisters Testify, which is a project that I started to find 1,600 women who signed a proclamation in support of Anita Hill in 1991. We've been finding these women and surveying them and building a community, so that's exciting. And I think voting is important because, and I'm sure you've heard this already, uh, our ancestors couldn't vote. There are so many of us here in this country who came over, or our ancestors came over as slaves, and it took a lot of fighting and energy for people to get the right to vote. Um, not only as African Americans, but I'm also a woman, also for women. Uh, the second reason why I believe it's very important to vote is because as we register to vote, juries are often pulled from the voter registration polls. So to the extent that we are looking to change or have an impact on the criminal justice system, it is really important that people have juries of their peers. And if we're not registered to vote, we're not called to service to sit on juries. And that is one of the most important things that we can do in a world where there is mass incarceration and we're really battling some serious inequities in the criminal justice system.